Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Head Start with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. One of the current topics they talk, we listen. My guest today has spent a number of years in leading positions in the tourism and travel sector. This is the first in the series of interviews with heads and leading figures in the leisure, tourism and travel industry, an industry that has been devastated by the COVID pandemic and is still going through tough times. Here at Heads Talk, we will be provided with inside knowledge and in the process gain valuable data about what is going on in this business. I'm looking forward to this series of conversations, but before we get into that, here's a message from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Axia. Axia is the leading private cloud platform in the Alessian and Matamos ecosystem, combining intelligent solutions with security and control. Axia's clients profit from digitalization and automation of critical business processes in a cloud and hybrid architecture. 150 staff provide migration, engineering and support services to over 200 leading organizations in 32 countries. Heads Talk podcast with your host Elaine Pringle-Schwitter. Marek Andrzejczak is the CEO of TUI Deutschland. He has previously been the CEO of TUI Poland, where he transformed the tour operator into an online company. Today, TUI Poland has the biggest online share of the market for organized holidays in Poland. Marek has had a number of C-level positions in the travel sector, where he developed innovative business strategies, oversaw high-performing teams, and problem-solved in the most efficient way possible. Marek describes himself as a pragmatist, who adapts well to various situations. He often reinvents how he works and delivers as part of the adaptation process. A forward thinker who enjoys engaging with like-minded individuals, he's all about assessing and sometimes taking risks to create a better state. And I quote from Marek himself, our decisiveness to take risks can often make or break our success. Today might be going well, but in every decision I make, I keep in mind a better tomorrow. Marek encourages his teams, departments and business units to work collaboratively, sharing information, working intelligently together and achieving optimal results. He believes faster decisions are made if everyone understands is aligned to the overall company goal and direction. I couldn't agree more. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Marek to Heads Talk. Happy to have you here today. Elaine, hi. happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Um, as, as mentioned in the introduction, um, I will be talking to a number of senior figures like yourself in the industry, and many of the questions naturally will be similar. It's going to be about how the industry is impacted, told by a voice from within. Um, we hear a lot about it on the news all over the world, uh, and most of us take it from the, the perspective of a traveler or a holiday maker i.e. when will I be able to go on my holidays again? But there's so much more, there's so, so much more. And I want to hear it from people who really know what is happening on the ground. So again, many thanks for being with us today. Okay, the, the first question about the pandemic outbreak, we've sort of taken a step back. Let's go back sort of a year ago when it, when it um, first emerged. What was going on in your mind and what was happening around you and globally? What well, the conversations you were having with your your management team and as this situation got from bad to worse so first uh, of course the first reaction was uh, once we got the information that uh, we need to stop all the program in, in germany it was kind of wow this is big i mean we are used to a crisis in tourism sector i mean we have a geographical crisis we have political crisis we have a lot of crises which we went through since 2000 in a business. 
but uh, that we need to stop the whole program that uh, wasn't the case at any time in the last 20 years. So this was big. And um, let's say the implications, um, mm. of course, the domain was exactly what I just said before. So it means we needed to stop everything. So all of our customers need to be um, transported back home. Mm. Uh, we mm. we, need, we need to stop sale for the next uh, four up to eight weeks immediately. We need to pay back the money and uh, for customers who prepaid their holidays. Uh, so mm. it, was, uh, it was huge. And of course, everyone was kind of scared in the first few days when kind of what's going on? How, how, how is the future looking like? Looking Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and what sort of things were, were, were you talking about with your management team? What, what, what was being said? Mm -hmm. So, of course, the, our first um, um, focus was on keeping uh, the uh, stopping the cash drain. Uh, of course, in, in such a business, when you know you don't have any revenues for the next uh, few weeks, maybe even months, then first, what what you focus is on to stop the cash drains, uh, stop uh, lower cost, and uh, stop any let's say any activities which uh, generate cash drain. Uh, then, of course, um, once you've done this, uh, you are focusing on, okay, so let's now have a look on what would be the next step once uh, the situation gets better. So how can we prepare a, a new start? Um, and, um, of course, then um, all of that... Uh, how to keep the organization engaged because yeah. uh, you can't do it by yourself as you need your your team to do all, a lot yeah. of that yeah. and so therefore keeping people engaged and what we agreed from the first day on is let's be straight let's be honest uh, so yeah. don't don't make up the things like uh, they are shiny rosy and they everything will be fine because we simply don't know so therefore let's share the views which we really have Mm -hmm. So um, you, you touched upon um, the, the next set of questions, which is about survival. You, you talked about the managing cash drain, and um, I want to sort of expand on that. Um, TUI is a, a diverse organization. It's not just a, like a, an airline business where one has a fair understanding of the model and, and the issues that will be faced by an airline with regards to the pandemic. TUI is an integrated, multifaceted business from a single source that covers the entire tourism supply and uh, a value chain under one roof. Well, what does that mean? That means hotels, travel agencies, airlines, cruise ships, retail shops, um, different brands, uh, different operators, different bases in different countries. I mean, you, you talked about logistical nightmare. What on earth do you prioritize in a situation like this? Um, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty obvious one. Once you focus really in the first days and weeks on cash only, then you are going through uh, through your spend. Uh, so that's pretty pretty clear and pretty easy. I mean, it, it seems complex, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. So even uh, any activity that that uh, needs a cash spend and that is not needed, you try to stop it. Uh, on the on the same um, same period of time, you try to let's say find out what's um, what would be let's say important to your customers. Of course, what's important in that point of time is how can they get the, the money back, uh, which they prepared for their holidays. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's counterproductive on, on, on your <laughs> own yeah. needs yeah. to keep the cash in company. So you try to develop uh, a lot of uh, procedures and a lot of, let's say, um, um, things which work towards your customer, but keeps you alive. And if I might, I, I would just go over and, and just try to describe one of the solutions, which was, kind of, let's say, not known before, but which we developed over on this few weeks when this uh, situation started, which was the vouchers. 
I mean, we, we didn't um, in the past spend, uh, let's say, give money back in terms of voters. We, we simply, if someone decided to step back from the contract, we paid back the money. Mm -hmm. But here we decided, let's, uh, I mean, we have to take care of the company and of the of our employees. And on the same time, we need to take care of our customers and, and, and keep them happy. So we decided to, to give it vouchers. So we are keeping the money. Customer has a right for mm -hmm. a certain amount of money which they paid uh, into us. And on the other hand, we try to uh, give it an, a special gift on top of on, on the money which was paid to us. So the customer has an incentive to keep the money with us. And it worked really well. Uh, so customer were happy because they gave, had more money with us than they really give us. Mm -hmm. And we had the money to survive for the first few weeks until the first help arrived. All right, so, so it's a solution both for your organization as well as the, the customers. Um, let's talk on a sort of a personal management level. Um, you talk a lot about adapting, adjusting, and being a result, results-driven person. You write about that. How did this translate in the middle of 2020 when the world was in lockdown? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is, um, there were a few phases. Uh, so uh, first, uh, we adopted really quickly already from April on the so-called short work uh, scheme in Germany. That's, I think in UK, you call it follow. Mm -hmm. So governments uh, decided that they would um, support us in terms of paying part of the, of the salaries to our staff. And we were able to react as even despite the fact we are not that small anymore. <laughs> so still we reacted pretty quickly and we've been already in after two, three weeks uh, able to, to uh, negotiate all of that with our uh, workers council here in, in the company and implement it uh, with them. Then um, thereafter, we uh, we got this, uh, what I already told you about the voters. So we got this yeah. in place yeah. and the, already, there was an automated solution. So it's not just, you know, the idea was there yeah. and someone was uh, sitting down with pen and pencil and uh, writing down the voters. No, it was automated. It was already working. Customers could uh, initiate the process by themselves going via our tool.com. Right. Yeah. So all of that was already also in place. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, of course, uh, from first day on, it was 15th of March, I, I, I think, uh, we needed to send everyone home and we needed to be prepared and we needed to keep everyone working uh, who uh, intended to work. So therefore we needed to have uh, online solutions, how we communicate, how mm -hmm. we work together, how our systems are viable out of home. All of that was already um, prepared, but then it worked immediately pretty quickly and, and no one complained really. So uh, this is uh, some, some few examples on how quickly uh, such a, good, a big organization can adapt uh, once let's say yeah. there's a willingness to do so. Yes, yes. Um, and you, you, talk, you talked about um, elements of the business in terms of survival, but it was still in, in the survival theme. You talked about the voucher scheme. I want to ask about other things that um, were done sort of to keep the business uh, afloat and how you diversified um, to ride this storm. I know examples of hoteliers and hospitality organizations collaborating with governments to house or uh, temporary home many of the um, healthcare workers. Um, that were working in the hospitals at the time or the care homes. What else has TUI done in this space? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are different things that I will walk you through. So first, um, what we implemented once we knew that the business will uh, reopen again, uh, that was, uh, I think, May, uh, May, June last year. 
So mm -hmm. what we decided very quickly was uh, to, in, uh, to include a COVID insurance into our packages. So right. uh, we, we talked to, to insurances, uh, how can we uh, give more security towards our customers? How can we take care of them if something happens in destinations in terms of first care in the, in the, in the local, um, uh, per, local um, health person or then hospitals, or even if something goes really, really badly, how can we transport uh, our customers back home? And all of that would take care in the COVID insurance. Then what was really important at that point of time was, of course, uh, the customer experience as a lot of shops were closed. And here in Central Rio, we still sell a lot of our packages via uh, brick and mortar shops. Mm -hmm. Those were closed. Uh, of course, everyone moved online. And how can we transform uh, our Tui.com from not just only the, the sales machine back into also a, customer key machine. So how can we provide a lot of information, quicker updates on that information that everyone feels, let's say, secure when it's going to the to, to com and looking for the relevant information to, to place a booking uh, with us uh, for the next uh, for the next time of period. Mm. So uh, from what I'm gathering from that, not just the, the answer that you've just given, but the previous answer that um, the parallel digital transformation drive helped your organization um, stay in business and, and continued operating. Briefly, just very briefly, just talk a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. So, um, the, well, we were lucky and uh, mm -hmm. I mean, there are some coincidences. Uh, we decided sometime, something like 12 months before uh, the, 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 the lockdown happened, we decided everyone needs a laptop because we right. already then were okay. thinking about home office is a really important thing. So, and, and we can't do home office without laptops. So let's get everyone have a laptop. And then we knew, okay, we will have an office 360 in, in the house. Yeah. So we, we went on that. And so we were, we were pretty well prepared in terms of how can we work together already when the uh, lockdown happened. So everyone had a laptop, everyone had office 360, so everyone could work out of home. It was just not used to it, but we were prepared. So that was an important part, of course, and in terms of digitalization. Then, like I said, um, transforming our sales channels in, in a stronger towards Tui.com and getting the customer's information in a digitalized way, in a smooth way, through all the processes down to the, to the customer interface of, on the website. Mm -hmm. And uh, also an important thing which uh, happened to be very important after the crisis or during the crisis was automation of complaints. Before that, we were, let's say, still very like, uh, not. Like, like in past 10 years, but we decided uh, two years ago to automate uh, the complaints processes. And that was very important because a lot of customers who even went into destination uh, during the crisis um, were, let's say, unhappy with, uh, with the restrictions and they were asking us, how can we deal with it? How can we help them? Or mm -hmm. they were unhappy with the time period, how we paid back the money. Again, they complained. So therefore the automated processes were very important because on the one hand side, we wanted to save money and keep mm -hmm. a lot of our stuff on short work. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, of course, the percentage of complaints went slightly up because like I said, the payment issues and here and there some uh, issues in destinations uh, caused some complaints. So therefore, uh, the automation of complaints was again, allowing us still keeping our stuff um, on, mm -hmm. on short work. And on the other hand, being quick and, and in a good quality towards our customers. Mm -hmm. And presumably, your, your experience in um, TUI Poland and turning that into an online company helped you in the work that you had to do um, in TUI Germany. 
Yes, it is, of course. I mean, we, that we Poland, the, the, let's say the easier thing was, uh, of course, the company is much smaller. So yes. therefore, the, the uh, speed of change is usually quicker in, in smaller yeah. companies. So therefore, we knew how it, how it works. We just needed, let's say, to get it in a bigger scale. So yes. yeah, it's, yeah, the experience yeah. had a lot. Okay, well, now, now let's look at um, starting, restarting uh, and rebooting. We've covered the sort of the shock of when the pandemic happened and the conversations that were taking place. We looked a little bit about survival and you talked about what you were doing in that survival mode and what you were doing in the organization. Let's look at the restarting. What initiatives are you and your management team coming up with to restart and, and reboot in the sector? You know, what new marketing strategies, campaigns, or PR exercises will we see as part of your back to business drive? What we found out in, in the, um, after probably three, four months of, uh, of the, uh, the lockdown situation, once we, it was a business pick up again, was that um, um, compared to the pre-COVID pre situation, the price quality ratio and the importance of that was going down and the flexibility uh, and let's say ta being taken care of issues were more important to us to our customers. So therefore, we implemented uh, additional flexibility to our packages. And you probably know that in the package business, usually the flexibility is let's say not that high. So once you booked mm -hmm. in the past, yes. it it wasn't that easy to step back from your holidays. Mm -hmm. And so, so we changed it a lot. So everyone now has um, with a, just a small amount, and even the amount is being paid back when you resign from your holidays. Mm -hmm. So only in your in you stay in your holidays, and mm -hmm. you don't use it, then you pay. And mm -hmm. so now you you have you have the full right to step back 14 days prior to departure, despite any reason. You just simply wish to step back, and then you you're stepping back, and you don't have any cost with that. And our customers loved it. So more than 70%, even up to 80% of our customers are making use of it. And no. then, of course, what I said before, the, the COVID insurance was also an important yeah. part of taking care of our customers and giving them additional security, which they needed uh, to really enjoy the holidays. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, besides of the, let's say, customer focusing issue, which I was just talking through, um, the second part was in the destination. So being partnering up with the government and uh, in the Mediterranean region. Starting with the pilot project on Greece in, in Mallorca, TUI was the first company to provide to, to start operation into Greece, to start operation into Mallorca, and mm -hmm. then finding out how things work, how the processes work, and how can we take care of our customers? Are we happy? Are our customers happy? And then improving the processes and being really then state of the art. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Um, you've sort of answered an element of this question, but I'm going to ask it nevertheless, because there's probably some bits that you've probably not touched upon that you probably would like to share with our audience. Because I, I, I've read somewhere that TUI says it's transforming into a fully-fledged digital company. What does that mean in practice? So we know what TUI is, and you know it's bricks and mortar, so what does that mean? <laughs> to me, and I, I think that's a kind of a shared vision of, of, of transforming into digital companies, it means that we spend our time and most effort on simplifying and improving the quality and reliance of our processes by bringing them into semi-automated or even into fully automated um, status. And at the end, uh, that we have clear view on in the flow of data from end to end to, from our customers back to the service providers and back again to the customers without any system break in between and without any translation in between. So that means uh, digitalization to me. So seamless data flows yeah. um, without a break in between. Yes, and um, having enormous data on your hands. And before we move on to in, into the, the future and the way forward, 
I want to ask a question, probably because you raised it, the COVID insurance. And I, I'm quite curious about that. How was that, how were you able to, I don't know, develop that and put that in place? How were the insurance companies with that in terms of having that as part of the package for um, customers? I just imagine the, the uncertainty of the whole thing makes, would probably, I feel, would make an insurance company probably shy away a little bit from having that in place. But please, please. No, 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 it, it, surprisingly, I mean, I think that's exactly the first thought which anyone of ours would have if we, let's say, um, don't dig that deep into the data. But mm -hmm. once we start to dig deep, uh, we know that COVID is a huge pandemic, but most of the cases, kind of 95% probably, are absolutely kind of easy to handle. Mm. And, um, and again, you, you start to ask yourself, who is traveling really? And where are the, 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 the bad cases? So I guess the insurances went exactly that way. Uh, so mm. therefore, it wasn't that hard. And um, sorry for that, that I can't say I'm the world champion in giving <laughs> that one. But yeah. it wasn't that hard to get this. I was looking for negotiation skill lessons. <laughs> now, unfortunately, I can give you that. So it's, uh, it, I mean, we had two, three offers, and um, and they were really, really, really good. As as uh, those guys, I mean, that's their core business to, to run the data points and yeah. uh, get the risk calculated, and that risk uh, is intense terms of the really big risk of transporting someone back from the destination because someone gets really, really yeah. sick, uh, this is very, very low at the end. Yes. yes. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the future now and the way forward. Um, um, it's a pandemic, though disastrous for the hospitality industry, an opportunity, however small, to implement some of the changes needed that was put on hold, but now you've got almost... Uh, what it can be considered a clean slate to implement such changes? If yes, what are they? Mm -hmm. um, so we talked already a bit about um, the higher need of understanding within the organization of online distribution. That's okay. That's a central region view. I, I, I have mm -hmm. to I'll be honest. It's it's less of the issue in in northern uh, Europe or even in Western Europe, but mm -hmm. here it, it's it's the case, and um, we needed to let's say to to work on that anyway, which we did. And uh, the second thing is the understanding of organization, how important data is and how important uh, data flows and data uh, is, in terms of numbers is. And we got it. Um, then what we also needed to do, and let's say it's less of the digitalization, but we needed to bring back the uh, aircraft fleet into right size, which mm -hmm. we also done. Then we needed to uh, eliminate as many as possible non-automated processes, got it. Um, and of course, that's um, that's few tasks, but that's exactly where you use your time for when you don't have a business to, to optimize your internal processes, which we definitely spent a lot of time on. Um, then uh, the question on products and their scope, like sustainability, that's mm -hmm. that's uh, let's say a very interesting question and something we would like to dig on. It's I I really have to admit it's challenging, mm -hmm. and it's challenging because sustainability it's. Uh, it's not just a look and feel. I don't want to have you know greenwashing product. It's it's not the way we 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 do business. And on the other hand, when you think of really sustainability and a really um, sustainable product, the challenge is that usually uh, sustainability goes with energy, and energy goes with fuel, or food waste, and yeah. stuff like that. And this is usually as better, as more efficient. As more efficient it gets, 
the bigger it gets. Yeah. So you have a contradictional uh, kind of a problems in terms of usually you would say you spend less uh, fuel, less energy, the bigger the property is. And the customer thinks of sustainability as this small three room uh, hotel and somewhere at the end of the world. So it's, uh, it's not that easy, but we are now uh, that let's say, I hope the pandemic will wave away in a few, mm -hmm. few weeks and yeah. months, mm -hmm. that we can spend more and more time on, on working on in that subjects and getting this, let's say, correct uh, soon. Yeah, that's good. And I assume, are you talking with external stakeholders about this and sort of in, in, in terms of what you're doing there? Yes, of course. I mean, there, there are a lot of people interested in sustainable uh, holidays. I mean, there's, of course, the flying part. Yes. Uh, and here, the sustainability goes rather through, again, new aircraft, more efficient aircraft, less noise, less burn and stuff like that. And there's, of course, the, the destination part. And here, there are a lot of uh, groups which are interested in that. And mm -hmm. of course, there's uh, the part of how I spend my time in destination. And here we have already a lot of offers which uh, goes very much towards uh, how can we support local communities, how can we support uh, mm -hmm. local farmers and stuff like that. And now it's uh, the time to, let's say, dig deeper into terms of how can we uh, combine uh, the the image of sustainable holidays from a, from a customer's point of view with efficient way of operating is from uh, from tourist perspective and that's yes. that's the challenge for the future yes the bottom line to is a business and it's probably but you're pretty much looking through the supply chain and what you can do in that space and um, this is an interesting question uh, i'd be very interested in your um, presumptions on this one um beyond the covid crisis what do you think um will be the trends that will shape your organization and the industry as a whole and in a big way. Mm -hmm. I, I think, uh, let's say one of the trends and I hope we will be one of the winners because of, the, of our brand perception is this one-stop shopping in tourism. Mm -hmm. What we have already in, in Amazon kind of, we don't have that really in tourism. I mean, we have very good platforms which right. deal with hotels, which have very good platforms which deal with flights, which have very good which deal with uh, cars, car hire and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and others, but we don't have a really one-stop shopping and a brand perception of anyone in the tourism sector who would be really recognized by the, our customers like he is or she is a really, really good in everything else. Mm -hmm. So I think that will be a big challenge, how to provide these uh, competencies throughout the value chain of tourism and mm -hmm. one-stop shopping to our customers. And that will be, I guess, something where everyone will go on uh, now after the crisis. And the second thing which comes uh, along with that is of course mass uh, individualization. So we all are thinking about our holidays as uh, they need to be just for us, only for us, for myself. That, uh, mm -hmm. And especially in a package business, we as two operators, we, we, we weren't that good. We didn't a good, do, do a good, that good job to explain to our customers customers that most of those holidays are completely individualized. Here in Germany, we provide kind of a 6 billion prices every day. So mm -hmm. it means we have 6 billion combinations. Uh, and if that's not individualization, so I, then I'm kind of giving it up. So it means we provide individualized products, but we need to explain to our customers that those are just predefined, but they are individualized. And uh, I think the individualization, the mass individualization will be a huge um, thing going forward, uh, combined with one-stop stopping, stopping. And of course, individualization goes with choice. So mm -hmm. how can we provide the most of products to our customers? Mm -hmm. And also, if I, if I could add to what about demographics? Do you think demographics are going to change? Well, we know it's going to change, but will it change what you guys do now in your business? Because, you know, 
that talks about the numbers of the elderly increasing somewhat um, beyond what we have today, and will that change the way we do things? I don't know. It's just a thought. Um, I I wouldn't expect so much change from from that. Um, mm -hmm. Usually, I mean, that's that's how it usually is in all industries. Are uh, the young ones who who change behaviors. Mm -hmm. uh, the elder ones, they, uh, they, they, they say they follow the change, but always on a smaller scale. And I am not so, let's say, um, afraid of probably the wrong word here in English, but um, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward for, for, especially the older customers are, let's say, more stable and uh, they are looking rather for relaxing in, mm -hmm. a, in a traditional way. So they are less of a challenge, uh, to be very honest. Uh, younger customers are more of a challenge because they, they change so, so quickly they, they uh, demands. Mm -hmm. yes. And this is harder to deal with. <laughs> yeah, that's harder to deal with. I mean, are they going out to the cities for the next two years and are spending the holidays in the cities or are they going toward beach? Uh, are they going in activities? Yeah. Or are they going to stay in the hotels? Are they like the bigger ones with huge pools or are they going in smaller ones? It's, uh, it's this harder to follow. Mm -hmm. And, and oh, sorry, just to add to that, um, Will will TUI be looking um, uh, at certain parts of the the globe to concentrate a lot of efforts? Because you know, for instance, the, the rise of the the Chinese middle class, for example, will TUI be used, looking at that to to I don't know enhance their business offering in that space? I don't know. Um, I, I think we uh, we have still a huge uh, let's say upside in, in Europe, especially looking at customers who are. Uh, uh, not just interested in already predefined packages, but who would like to package by themselves or even completely, let's say, uh, depackage holidays. So here in Central Europe, we are, let's say, not that bad, but in our in other regions, we still have a huge upside. Even in Central Europe, still we have huge upside, but in other regions, even stronger. So yeah. therefore, I would expect us still to concentrate on the current uh, Northern and Western European countries. And still there's a huge demand in the Southern European countries Mm -hmm. Partially for domestic travel, partially even for international travel uh, in the traditional, let's say, holiday way. So therefore, I um, I think there's a, still a lot of room to still have a lot of work to do in the exactly. European space before we co concentrate elsewhere. Okay. Exactly. Um, finally, what message do you want to get out to your customers right now? Um, I think um, generally we need to 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 let's say explain that. True operating is not something, let's say, bad. In, in, it's the opposite is the case. So true operating takes care and takes care of you as a customer and feels responsible for you. And that's a, a very positive message from my perspective. So I think that's one of the messages that I would, let's say, to try to our customers to understand. The second one is what I talked about uh, just a minute ago is this individualization thing. Mm -hmm. Two operators providing huge number of products and most of them are exactly your products. Uh, so there, there is a lot of, let's say, uh, things to, to, to think about. And um, the last one, probably the third one would be that especially in crisis and especially then when it's, let's say, harder, um, I, I think organized holidays deliver additional values. Uh, so that's the three things I would, uh, let's say, try to pass to our customers. Mm. And basically, you're still here, you're still operating, and you're, you're wel welcoming them very soon. Okay, um, Marek Andrzejczak, many thanks for your time and insights. Thank you, Elaine. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you, for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executive decision makers and heads of multinationals.
Heads Talk podcast with your host Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.